We will read now from St. John chapter 3, verse 12. More of Jesus' words to Nicodemus. If I have told you earthly things and you believe not, how shall you believe if I tell you of heavenly things? Jesus used at times parables and or metaphors to convey heavenly concepts using those earthly illustrations. In this case, to Nicodemus, he referred to something we can all relate to, which is our birth and also the wind. Those are earthly things. But even so, it's very difficult for the natural man to comprehend spiritual truths because of our lack of spiritual discernment in that natural condition. To teach this born-again concept, or it could be translated born from above, Jesus drew a contrast between matters of the mind and matters of the heart, as well as between the flesh and the spirit. But he started with birth. Nicodemus, I suppose, like all of you, celebrated his birth annually. You do. Your people do. Your family does. You always have. Some people like to forget their birthday after a while, but they come. You know what the alternative is, of course. So you may have mixed feelings about it, but when I think of this illustration, it's hard to ignore the fact that when my mother was expecting me, she expected I would be born either at the end of the year or at the beginning of the new year. So the possibility existed that I might be born Christmas Eve or Christmas Day or in Douglas County, the first baby born of the new year, which would land a photo of her and me on the front page of the news review. Well, as it turns out, I don't know why they don't do that for the last baby born of the year, but I was two hours and 30 minutes short of getting that fanfare with all the merchant gifts that would accompany it. And it said I was born the last day of that year. I still got my name in the paper with mom, but the last page next to the obituaries. That's all. So the second birth, on the other hand, escapes media attention, but it is celebrated in heaven. It's celebrated on earth as well, but when you're born this second time, your name is inscribed in heaven, the angels rejoice, and those who are aware of earth on earth uh, similarly rejoice. So it's incumbent upon each one of us to have that assurance that we have been born from above. You, you know you've been born the first time, but the question is, have you been born the second time? That's what Jesus was trying to convey to Nicodemus. We must be born again. 
you have no memory of your first birth. But if you experience a second birth, you will never forget it. You will hearken back to it the same way you hearken back to your first birth, only in many ways the second is certainly more important and is vitally important because it's required in order to make heaven. So have you been born again? Have you experienced a second birth from above? If you haven't, that's, that's the purpose of these meetings, one purpose of the meetings, a, a key purpose of these services, to encourage those who have never experienced this great salvation, this, born, this birth from above, to experience it. It's a change of heart. It's a change of life. It gives you assurance. It's so important that in your mind's eye, you ought to be able to hearken back to the moment in time and to the place where you experience that second birth. With some, it's very dramatic. If, particularly if you've spent some time out in the world and made a determination to turn your face toward God and your heart toward God, why, it, it's a, an experience you'll, you'll never forget. It can be challenging for those brought up in Christian homes who uh, have been taught to love Jesus and have said from childhood, I, I love the Lord, I want to serve the Lord. But, but uh, and, and perhaps at children's church or at home, at the bedside with your parents or uh, in, in the sanctuary here, you can point to a time where you have invited the Lord to come into your heart and you knew at the time that the Lord heard your prayer and answered it. But remember, the devil is a thief and a robber. He will, he will try to steal that experience from you if you allow it. So don't cast away your confidence if you've not gone back and lived as a sinner. It's one thing if you've defied God and committed sins. Then you're, despite what happened earlier, you need to be saved again. You need that second birth again. But if it's just a matter of feeling or lack of feeling, but you've never really done anything, don't cast away what God has done for you. You're serving the Lord. You're determined to serve the Lord. You won't always feel on a mountaintop. But we don't excuse sinful conduct. So uh, we need to know that we've experienced that second birth and we've stuck with it by the grace of God. Well, Nicodemus had a brilliant mind, speaking of earthly things. But he had an anxious heart. He was a ruler of the Pharisees. He was a highly regarded teacher. He no doubt, no doubt excelled... Uh, intellectually, academically. That's what got him in life where he was. He knew that there was one God. If you would have asked him to recite the Ten Commandments, he no doubt could have very quickly. He had been had those concepts ingrained in his heart in that Hebrew home. He knew what the prophets said. So he understood earthly things, but... Uh, these heavenly things escaped him, even though he really was the best in many ways that Judaism could offer. And that's the point. 
the best the law and the prophets uh, could offer was a head knowledge. We can be students of the Bible. We can have a, a good intellectual understanding of uh, the Bible from Genesis to the Revelation. But except we have had an experience with God where we know we have passed from death unto life, uh, there's something lacking. It was lacking in Nicodemus, which is why he came to Jesus. Some um, hypothesize why he came to Jesus by night, but what's more important to notice is that he came to Jesus. He came. I don't care why he came when he came. He came. He inquired. He investigated. We must do that if we've not been born again. We must come to the Lord and ask for his help. He had seen the miracles of Jesus. We see at the closing, toward the end of the previous chapter, at the um, at this time of Passover, many had come on this feast day, and many believed in his name. We read in that 23rd chapter, of, or 23rd verse of chapter 2, uh, when they saw the miracles which he did. Chapter 2 also records the first miracle that he did, but uh, by now he had performed many more, including during this uh, Passover season. So uh, Jesus asked really uh, a reasoned question when he finally got around to asking a question. He noted, first of all, that this master was a marvelous teacher. He'd never heard a man speak like this man. But he didn't understand that this was not just a man, this was the Son of God. And that's where Jesus ignored the compliment and declared to him, except a man be born again or born from above, he cannot see the kingdom of God. He was perplexed, but he understood a lot of things and really asked a good question for one who's was honestly spiritually dull, which is where life found all of us uh, before we could discern the spiritually, having experienced that second birth. And so he asked, how can a man be born when he is old? Now, I don't know how old Nicodemus was. He probably wasn't that old, at least compared to me, but certainly old compared to, to some of you. So he was in the middle there somewhere, perhaps... Well, whatever you want him to be, that's how old he was. Your guess is as, as good as, as mine. But he asked that uh, question, and at least he understood that this second birth was something drastic for one to enter the second time and, and be born a second time in that earthly manner. Well, he had a, a head knowledge all right, but he certainly lacked that heart changing experience. Nicodemus was one who took a pride in the flesh. He was a son of Abraham. He was born into this nation of Israel and as a result had certain advantages in being part of the chosen race. To them were committed the oracles of God. The gospel that Jesus preached, or as he preached the gospel, he preached first to the Jewish nation. So there were certainly some 
uh, privilege there that, that accompanied his earthly or his natural birth. But unlike Judaism, the human race does not uh, propagate the uh, additions to the kingdom of God biologically. You could become a Jew by virtue of your biological birth. You cannot enter into the kingdom of God by virtue of your or my natural birth. We must be born from above, uh, something different than that. He was already born of water and adhered to the Jewish ceremonial uh, cleansing rites, which may be what is referenced here when Jesus said you must be born of the water and of the Spirit. Well, he did adhere to all of the ceremonies very religiously. So he, he understood what it meant to be uh, born of the water. But rituals of that nature are limited to outward cleansing. That's why Jesus indicted the Pharisees. He called them whited sepulchers. Well, you look good on the outside, but within those sepulchers were full of dead men's bones. He, Jesus was very graphic uh, in that regard. He said, This people honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. The condition of the heart, the condition of what is within, is what indicts the human race, not any compliment that could be served to those uh, exterior things. It's like uh, being water baptized. You've heard many times before, uh, a sinner can go down into the water, a sinner, and come up out of the water, a sinner. The only uh, distinction is they were dry before they went in and wet when they came out, but still a sinner. We need to be born from above. Even if we could enter the second time into our mother's womb, we would be born the second time with that same Adamic, corrupt nature that we were born with the first time. We must be born again. Jesus spoke of the flesh in a different sense. And it's true that your physical traits are the result of genetics. Whatever you look like, even to a certain extent, your personality is the product, to a degree, of your biological parents. If you don't like your biological parents, you better watch out. But what we're talking about here is a condition that does not uh, or is not acquired at birth, not at your first birth. If it could be acquired at our first birth, a sanctified mother and a sanctified father would bear sanctified children. Well, they are sanctified in the, in the sense that they are ceremonially holy, if, if you will. They're, they're consecrated, but their conduct uh, betrays whatever ceremonial virtues they possess. At a certain point in time, the sinful actions will flow out of that carnal condition with which 
they were born. So you must be born again, which is to ask God for forgiveness for committed sins, whether a five-year-old or a 50-year-old. It matters not. We all come to the foot of the cross having committed sins, and we ask God to forgive. And the Lord hears that prayer. He'll bear witness with our hearts. We must have that assurance that he's done so. And at that point, we are born from above and live a different life than we lived before that point. And if we leave that point living the same way we lived before, we've not yet experienced that second birth. You must be born again, and you must live like you've been born again. But God's grace is sufficient, and His, His power is mighty enough to transform the human heart. Sometimes uh, the manner in which we born, especially in this culture, uh, demands by this culture an apology, to apologize for what you are and how God made you. Well, the Samaritan woman need not apologize for being a Samaritan. She needed to apologize for violating God's uh, commandment by sinning. Jesus did not indict her for being a Samaritan. He in, indicted her graciously and lovingly for being a sinner, if you can say that graciously and lovingly. She needed to repent of, of what she had done, and what she had done was more than having multiple husbands. She had committed sins. But she went into the city after she discovered this Son of God and said, Come see a man that told me all that I ever did. And they did. And they believed on him, not because of her, but because they had heard him for themselves. And we trust that many of them experienced that second birth. Born of the Spirit standing in contrast to being born of the flesh. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, Jesus told Nicodemus, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. When he speaks of the flesh, he's speaking of the first man, Adam. When he speaks of the, of the Spirit, he's speaking of the second Adam, Jesus Christ. Romans 5.19, For as one man's disobedience, many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. Think of it. Uh, the, the grace of God that reached out to you and to me is still available today. The first man is, earth, is of the earth, earthly. Remember uh, the text. Uh, Jesus said, If I have told you earthly things and you believe not, how shall you believe if I tell you of heavenly things? When Jesus was, uh, throughout uh, the word of God, tries to convey to us uh, the distinction. The first man is of the earth, earthly. The second man is the Lord from heaven. As we have borne the image of the earthy, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly. In that 1 Corinthians 15, he's speaking of the resurrection. But it's also true of the walk we have on earth before we ever die and are resurrected. We must, we, uh, that, that second birth bestows upon us uh, certain graces that we can, at a minimum, live for the Lord as we go through life without committing sin. That's what he saves us from. That's what his name means. That's who a Savior is. In this case, he shall save his people from their sins. Jesus has power to do that. Men often take a, an academic approach to spiritual issues, as did Nicodemus. But the solution that God offers is not one that 
fixes the mind altogether. It is one that changes the heart. Jesus, or the gospel of Jesus Christ, does not primarily, certainly does secondarily, address the symptoms of our moral corruption. It addresses the source of, of our moral corruption, which is the Adamic nature. We, if we fix the source, which is the heart, not the mind, the symptoms will be mitigated. You'll have, you'll have victory. The, the things that you did before, you will no longer do the things that were, that were sinful. You have a desire for spiritual uh, matters that uh, was lacking before. That's what it is to be born from above. It's like the wind, Jesus told Nicodemus. You cannot see the wind. You can see evidence that the wind is blowing. That evidence includes feeling it. But you cannot catch the wind and show it to someone else. You just know that it's windy because of the effects. So it is with one who is born again. You, you can tell the difference. Once you've experienced this new birth, there, there's a change within. There's peace. There's contentment. There's, there's satisfaction. But there's a change in what flows out of your heart as well. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things become new. It's a brand new start. Whether you're five or whether you're 50, doesn't matter so much today as to when it happened. If it hasn't happened yet, it just matters that it happens today. You need to know it. You need to be able to point back to it. Like the wind that blows, the evidence is undeniable. You can't see the water in the heavens, but you can see the evidence that it might fall. Yesterday I saw clouds that were, what, white and fluffy? This morning I saw clouds that were dark. I, I suppose there was water in those clouds. Here I'm getting beyond where I ought to go. But when we stepped into to meeting, you could see the evidence that it might be raining when we leave church. You can't deny it. When, when you come into a service, a sinner, there's evidence within, even if no one else on the planet knew. You know the thoughts, the desires that are displeasing to God. That is sin. Uh, those, are, those, sin those actions, those deeds, those thoughts are committed sins, even if you never carried through what, what those deeds, actions, and thoughts were. God looks upon the heart. When you experience this new birth, born from above, your whole outlook of, of life changes, not because you did anything other than confess and repent, which is to turn from and have such extensive sorrow that you 
Tell the Lord, I'll never do it again. And you won't do it again because you find after that second birth, those things are so distasteful and so repugnant, not only to God, but to you. You will not even approach those things. So it's not a matter of willpower altogether. It's a matter of, a, of regeneration. That's that a birth from above. And that's why we say, there's no recollection, no recollection of your first birth, but your second birth will be forever etched in your memory. Adam Clark, the holiness commentator, he, he wrote, every man must have two births, one from earth and the other from heaven, one of his body and the other of his soul. Without the first, he cannot see nor enjoy this world. This isn't just about making heaven. This is about going through life uh, peacefully and thankfully and with a praise and a rejoicing. So without the first, he cannot see nor enjoy this world. Without the second, he cannot see nor enjoy the world to come, paraphrasing. He must be born again. You know the irony of my first birth coming two and a half hours too early to be celebrated publicly at least? 22 years later, on the first day of the new year, that same mother prayed through. No photo on the front page, not even mentioned on the back page. But she had her name recorded in heaven, and the angels rejoiced because of it. It doesn't matter if it's the first day or the last day or the middle of May. The Lord is calling for some soul here, and perhaps no one on the planet knows that you've never really experienced this new birth from above. He's calling for you. Do it today. Come to Jesus, drop to your knees, confess to the Lord, tell someone, you know, I, I, I'm not saved. I, I, I want to be born again. That will perhaps be the only thing that's required is just to acknowledge it and then pray the prayer and let the peace of God overwhelm you and you will know you have experienced that second birth. 483 is our song of invitation. We encourage you to pray.